0: Today, we're going to share what transpired a little bit over two weeks ago in Kentucky. Today, um, I pray that you hear the message. You know, you're going to see some photos. You're going to hear some things. But I pray that you hear the message. I pray that you grasp it and you understand. For those of you that may not be able to tell, your pastor is different since he's been gone and he's back. And we have Guatemala that have th- the members from Guatemala have gone and come back, and it's, it's, it's different. It's eye-opening. It's humbling. So I need to click twice, right? So that's pretty, but I needed to do the other thing. <laughs> there we go. So I want to talk to you about t- today, um, Blackie, Kentucky. And some of the photos you've seen, I'm not on Facebook, so y'all humor me, please. Um, but I want you to see and I want you to hear. And I want you to just listen, okay, to what God has to say. Um, you can take your Bibles. Now, I did click. There you go. You can take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 24 and verse 14. Matthew chapter 24 to Verse 14. And there's some other scriptures we're going to be reading today, too. In Matthew 24 and verse 14, the scripture simply reads, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. I have up here a note. The one final goal of this entire mission is the preaching of the gospel. Whether we realize it or not, whether you realize it or not, all of you that, that gave, all of you that, that committed to go, that committed to give, that committed to pray, there was one mission, okay? Not everybody was thinking about it on the way up. I can't say 100%. I wasn't in every vehicle. But I can tell you that the purpose and the goal was the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's it, okay? Okay? Some of us might have been going, maybe even myself going to probably get a feel good and, and, and think, hey, I'm going to do this and all this other stuff, and then you go. And, you, and you're looking at someone who's been on mission before, okay? No, I've I'm not, I'm not been to Uganda. I haven't been to Guatemala. haven't been to Haiti. I've done local missions before, and, 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 and they've affected you, and they changed you. But God realized something else different this time. In my life. And the only direction that I have is to come back and try to help you understand where we are as the body of Christ. Where we are in our in our work for the kingdom. So the one final goal once again, let's read Matthew twenty-four and fourteen again. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. I want to tell you right now, we spent some time evangelizing while we were up there. And do you know there are people out there in these United States that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ? There's faces that we looked at, and you'll see later on. There's faces that we looked at where they looked at you and like, what are you talking about? They had no clue. That tells us where we're failing as a people. So what happened? Let's talk about the preparation. We had the coming together of seven churches. And anyone who went to Kentucky, if you see where I'm wrong in any of this, holler at me. But this is how I saw it. We had Moody first. We had Macedonia number one. We had Pell City first. How many of y'all know we have two Macedonians in our St. Clair County Association? Number one and number two. Right, okay. We had number one go with us. Pell City First Baptist, Asheville First, Steele, Riverside, and Sulphur Springs. Seven churches got together out of the 68 that are, 67, yeah, that are in the association. Seven of them got together and agreed to go on this mission. So it wasn't just the sulfur springs thing, and I think most of you knew that, but but it was seven, it was the body of Christ that got together, not just sulfur springs. And we they came, we, and let me tell you, we came together. It was a great experience. So in the preparation, we had these seven churches get together. In Nehemiah chapter three. Nehemiah chapter three. Go there. Y'all thought you were just going to get a bunch of pictures. Maybe in the swim trunks. We didn't have time. We we didn't have time. You got a nap when you could. If you could. Nehemiah chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. After him... The Levites carry out repairs under Rehum, the son of Bani. Next to him, Hashabiah, the official of, of half the district of Kila, um, I'm sorry, carried out repairs for his district. After him, their brothers carried out repairs under Bavai and the son of hinadad official of another half of the district, uh, uh, of the other half of the district of Kela. Kila, I'm sorry. And what, what I ha- why I have that scripture up here, I want you to understand that the people in Nehemiah had a mindset to do the work of God. And we did the same thing. And these specific people, you don't hear much about these names. You probably don't even hear this preached much. But there were people that were out there doing things. There were people that were out there putting their hands on things just for the preparation to go on the mission. Many of you in here, How many of you were reached out to by the mission committee to be on a prayer team? Raise your hand. There we go. There's some more in here. There's some more. Maybe you're not here. But we had prayer teams, okay, that were praying for the mission before we even set out. We had items collected. I'm not going to ask everyone who who donated because a lot of you did. You guys filled up the room. A lot of people that aren't even here filled up this room, brought what they could. Okay, that's what the children of Israel were doing in preparation of building the wall, in preparation of restoring the gates, in preparation there was things done before we even set out. Some of you gave money, some of you donated your time, some of you offered to to help do whatever we needed to do, whatever needed to be done. You helped, and this was part of the preparation. Items were collected, equipment was donated vehicles were placed in the service we had people that just said here take this go this can go that can go training classes were conducted some of you sat through four weeks of training here those of you that went you went through four weeks of training here and then there was training that was done at the association we had to leave here and go to the associational headquarters and train up there as well there was preparation that was done before we ever left this Beautiful state of ours. Teams were assigned and leaders were put in place. Just like these names that we read here. The Levites carried out repairs under Rehum. He's a leader. He was someone who was directed. God divinely ordered every person and everything according to this mission. Yes, I know this is not a normal presentation. But these things had to happen. Let's talk about the journey. Go to 1 John chapter 4, chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, we're going to read verses 1 through 4. 1 John chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and whoever loves the Father loves the child born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and observe his commandments. See, this was the first thing that we had to understand on our journey, that we're going to obey the commandments of God. Verse 3, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. You couldn't go, you can't go on missions and think it's going to be a struggle, think it's going to be a burden, or it's going to be an inconvenience. 390 miles is the drive, 390 miles, stopping for fuel, stopping to feed people, stopping to fix vehicles, stopping to do these things is not a burden. Even though it may be inconvenient, it is never a burden. Look at verse four. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Look at this statement through difficulty and pain. Everyone pushed on. Fifteen vehicles, roughly, carrying people, supplies, and equipment. The plan of God was realized. Those vehicles included trucks, trailers, U-Hauls. We had to rent a U-Haul on the way up there, okay? RVs. All of that was going and put into place. It wasn't easy. It wasn't convenient. But it wasn't a burden. Because we were going because of the love of God. We were going because of the love of God. So on this journey, this next screen, there we are, boom. Heading up. That's in Kentucky. That's off the interstate. That's where we're headed. Beautiful country, y'all. Beautiful country, and that's the window out of the uh, that's out of the uh, the caravan that we were in and we were going through some mountains. Roads cut through the mountains, and surprisingly, the uh, road infrastructure was not bad. It was not bad, it was pretty good. Uh Uh-oh, sorry, go back. Are you trying to click with me? Okay, because don't, leave me alone. (laughs) This is actually where we were heading out. This was just a foggy morning, and Bonnie got this picture as we hit one of the intersections. In the foreground, in the background, rather, you can see some homes and things like that over there. We didn't get a lot of personal close up shots of a lot of the homes, and one reason is, is because you want to respect their privacy and, and things like that. You don't want anyone showing up at your house taking, I don't care if you're he- here to help me or not, don't go taking pictures of my, you know, what's in my drawers and all that other stuff, okay? So the journey, this is part of it. It was beautiful all the time like that. The fog in the morning, very beautiful kind of set the tone, it kind of helped you get into the mind of, I'm here for one mission, and I'm not here to serve me or anyone else, but I'm here to serve others, it really did set the pace, and when, I'm going to go back to the other slide here for a moment, this thing is real slow, take me back a slide, there we go, when you're going up the road like that, and you're looking, and you're seeing all of that right there, your mindset starts changing, Okay? And your purpose starts changing. What? What'd I do? Okay. Anyway. Click. Oh, the clicker isn't working. Well, thanks for telling me that. The clicker isn't working. I mean, okay, it's not working. I'll tell you when to advance. Obviously, it's not working because when I push click, it doesn't click. Okay. So you see, you're getting your mind set for what's to go. Now, go ahead and uh, advance, please. Advance. So we get to the campus. As you can see, this is just one, one picture. You can see the hills. This is the campus. This is a very old campus. It's been around for over 100 years, right? Right at 100 years. Uh, this is one picture right next to the gym. And then you see this white building here. That's the dining hall. And then to the left, uh, that, that bus that's sitting there, that's the Asheville First Baptist bus. That's where all the youth came in. And then that dorm that's next to that bus, that's where the, uh, the girls stayed. Over here to the right, you have stables and uh, a barn. Okay, go ahead. That's another view of it, of the campus. Um, this, th- that view right there, um, beautiful animals, beautiful animals. You're like, well, you're up here in this very scenic area. Yes, yes, it is. This place, is, it's, it's a, college, a former college campus. We didn't take any, I didn't have any pictures of the interior. It, it needs a lot of work. It's very broken down. Um, And the men's restroom in itself, I can tell you, um, there's three urinals in there, two of them don't work, they have tape over them, um, the stall doors are broken, um, there's a lot of problems, okay? Um, Keep on going, go ahead. This is a scene from, from the main building up towards the girls' dorm and all of that, and you can see the mountains and the hills. Okay, go ahead. And then this is another view of the mountains, and this is behind the main building. And that building to your left, to your right, that's the uh, suites. They have actually suites up there where you can stay, okay? Um, And I'll explain more about that a little uh, later on. So some of the couples could stay in in some suites, okay? Keep in mind, these are not Marriott. These are not Four Seasons or anything like that. These are, you know, they're suites. They're individual rooms, and they have amenities in them, but it's not like you've gone to a Hilton. Okay, or anything like that. This is a shot from one of the suites, and I want to thank uh, a lot of you, Christy, and everybody who sent pictures. Um, this is, uh, that's actually, that's the beehive, is it not? They actually raise bees up there, okay, so they can get the honey, all right, we could, which we couldn't go near that at the time, okay, and that's a shot down towards the road. This is a picture of the area. This is actually behind a church where we did a VBS, okay, here uh, at Bethanna, okay. That Where that truck is parked right there, okay, and then you see the slope to your left? Can y'all see that? Okay, on the other side of that truck, right where that truck is sitting, the church starts. That's how close it is to the mountain, okay? So there's just enough room for that church to back in. Um, those are some of the homes in the area, and down there to the right, right above the hood of the truck is a main road that goes through uh, Blackie, Kentucky. Um, and goes through that area, and that church is literally the width of th- from here to here from the road. So it's very tight. You, these, everybody, the, the way it's designed, they're, they're right up against the mountains. You can't build into the mountain, and they're right up against there. And in this area here, Christy had found some interesting artifacts. She went in and she found some fossils just laying there um, outside of the road. There's a seam of coal in there as well. Okay, go ahead. This is just, Christy, you took this one where? Mm-hmm. Yes. Very good. Go ahead. Thank you, Kristen. Let's go to Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. So you got a nice little view of the area. Pretty scenic, isn't it? Kind of reminds you of Cage Cove and all the beautiful areas where we go on vacation. I want you to get an understanding. This is the home of the people, and you're going to find out now some more details. But this is their home. And... This is when some things are going to start setting in for you. Acts chapter 11, verses 19, starting in verse 19. So then those who were scattered because of the persecution that occurred in connection with Stephen made their way to Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except the Jews alone. Verse 20. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch. And began speaking to the Greeks, also preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. The news about them reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. Then, when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. Understand what we're about to read here for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith and considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. Barnabas wasn't prepared for what he saw when he got there, but when he saw it, guess what he did? He went to work and he encouraged them to do the same. And his work was the encouragement was the encouragement was encouragement. And that's what we started getting. We got to a point where the work had to start. The work had to stop. We saw the scene where we had to drive up. We stopped. Uh, your caravan stopped at what? Chick-fil-A or Hardee's or wherever you stopped. We prepared food and we stopped at a rest stop and had a time of, of, of just fellowship and, and things like that. But now we're going to talk about the work. Go ahead. Here's what happened. We conducted two VBS sessions, one on campus, one off campus. There was off-campus construction that was going on in the area, and I'll tell you more about that. There was on-campus construction that was going on. We had a food box delivery. A lot of you played an active role in this, and you're going to hear some things about how you affected people in Kentucky. Evangelism happened. Nursing home ministry. General labor around the the facility. And then meal preparation for the missionaries. We had to be sustained while we were there also. Okay. We just didn't take our sack lunch and go. There was a team that was dedicated to us, and that was an awesome that was an awesome experience. Go ahead. So here's a picture of the VBS. This is a pavilion that's on the campus. These are the children that were there. So um, a nice pavilion, huge. I don't know. It's about 80 feet long or so, isn't it? Yes. That's Beth Ann. That's Beth Ann. Oh yeah, that's on, that's right. You're right. I'm sorry. That's on the hill up in the right. We got a pavilion out there. This is in the gym on the campus. Okay. Uh, the young man standing there with the U- University of Kentucky shirt on, uh, his name is Jacob. Uh, he's, a, I mean, he's a he's a worker. He comes every summer. This is his third summer, I think, second or third. Yeah, he comes, no pay. He spends his entire summer serving out here at the, as a missionary, no pay. Okay. Th- um, the young lady here to your right, that's one of the director's daughters. Um, what's her name? Okay. And then we see that the youth. This is the one of Christie's classes. This is where they were teaching archery in the gym. Y'all, it was hot too. I mean, the temperature in there was sweltering. Fans were going, but it was hot. But yet they kept plugging away. Go ahead. This. Um, this is um, just north of a town called Whitesburg. This is I Can Ministry, I Can Services. This is a nonprofit. And the lady in the green shirt, I don't remember her name, but then the, the girls in the blue shirts next to her to the left, those are youth from Asheville. Then we have uh, Miss Judy, who's from Pell City First. Actually, Miss Myra was there, too, but she was taking the photo. The lady in the orange shirt is named Alberta. And then the gentleman squatting down next to me is named Rick. And then there's Carrie Ann in the front. She's from Moody First. Um, they work out of a single wide mobile home. And what they're charged to do is they're charged to get people food, get their utility bills paid, get them clothing, whatever they need. And they do all of that out of a single-wide mobile home. And we actually went that day and delivered, the f- delivered some of the food boxes where you contributed food. They have an old 1995, 96 blue Ford Econoline van that was donated to them. The back door doesn't open up well. You have to pull on two cables to try to get it open. Seatbelts don't work. But all of us got in there and we went around the community to deliver food. But these are the people that some of the people that we work with. The gentleman squatting down, Rick, he used to be on public assistance. He's no longer. He's serving in the he's serving in the nonprofit. Okay. Go ahead. This is um, a Colson Baptist Church. This is one of the places where we dropped off some of the food boxes. The families would meet us at these locations, and they would pull up in their cars, and there may be two, three, four families in a car to get food boxes, and they would meet us. And we met across the street, and also while we were there, there was another group that pulled up with hot meals in their SUV. So this was a gathering place. This is what has to happen here, y'all, okay? And I'm gonna explain a little bit more. I know you're gonna have questions about, well, why, why, why is this going on? I'll explain. Go ahead. Um, that's the food pantry all of that stuff on those shelves except for what you see in the bottom where those black totes are all that stuff up there is what you donated that's what you donated it was it was a few items there when we got there but you can see the 88 dollars that we had to collect from each church that paid for those bags of potatoes that were on the floor and the cornmeal and the flour that are on the bottom shelf to your right but that's just the old crude storage area um, where you know I know Bonnie and Don and Mike had to help unload in that area okay that 's where the food was stored and that 's where we were going to pack the food boxes but that 's your that 's what you gave. This is the cooking team you see they 're making sandwiches right now, and y'all they 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 fed us I mean they fed us i mean and we needed the energy we needed the and, and these folks right here they were up and down there by no later than 515 every morning and not getting done until 940, 30 or something like that. Roughly every night. OK, sleeping. The gentleman to your uh, right, Josh, youth, 18 years old, just graduated. He hadn't grad- he's going to graduate and he's going to seminary because uh, he had to leave here and go to a uh, debate or something, a conference fi- on fire for God guess what he did he worked in the kitchen with the ladies he didn't care and i mean sweetest guy just a blessing so um and then you see there you go yeah we were well represented in that kitchen of course i'm used to my wife's cooking so as y'all can tell so but miss patsy mandy um we had brother frank from riverside first baptist in there as well up every day and some other ladies up making bacon every morning, and if you ever fried bacon for 72 people, that's a lot of bacon, okay, go ahead, then we have the archery team, okay, this is in the gym, where they're teaching the children, I didn't, I wasn't able to do, use the video where Jasmine shot the uh, arrow and uh, uh, off the dummies, uh, the apple off the dummy's head, or or did she, she got the dummy, hey, good shot, she took a boom, but, um, It was, um, but this is the work. We have Katie there. Okay, go ahead. This part of the work, this is the one grocery store in the area. It's an IGA. Y'all, when you go in that store, it's pristine. I mean, you think you walk into something that we have, right? It is pristine. And we're out and we're in front of the grocery store. The owners let us set up a tent. And this is where the reading glasses that we took and the Bibles that from the church, this is where we were giving those away. And we had a team from our church, a team from Steele, a team from Riverside that was there. And people would just come up. We had signs hanging on the front, free reading glasses and free Bibles. And the tent was donated by um, the Ohio River Valley uh, Baptist Association. They donated the tent for us to use while we were there go ahead. So here's the result. The cooking team prepared three full meals per day for 72 people. We had breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We didn't go without. The drivers transported teams and and, uh, teams of people and dozens of miles. So it wasn't just right there. We had to get, because like, for instance, we drove our RV. Well, we couldn't drive the RV all over the place. So it was set up and people had to get places. So we had designated drivers going. And keep in mind, it wasn't like we went from here to across the road. We would go from here to maybe somewhere like Pell City or downtown Birmingham. There was a great span of area. At one point, when I was with the nonprofit, we were traveled so far, our range, we were actually went to the Virginia border, state line. That's how far we were delivering things. Um, the food ministry collected, assembled, and delivered 84 food boxes for 84 families with a month of staples while sharing the gospel. Remember, our number was 66. God multiplied it when we got up there. Y'all just don't, you. Uh, we kept it kept multiplying. I'm going to share something with you about the food boxes. As we were building those food boxes, we had everything lined up, and we had signs up there that said, okay, one per box, four per box, or whatever. And the youth from Asheville and, and, some, uh, and some of our youth, they got up there and, um we just would they were sliding about no conveyor system we were sliding the boxes around on the ground loading them up and they were loading those boxes up and we got to a stopping point everyone go on break we're going to do another count we got to we got to our 66 and we stopped they said wait a minute no we got to 60 we said wait a minute we can do 20 more boxes we didn't take that much up there so guess what happened called the crew back in started filling the boxes some more we got those 20 done, okay? All right, everybody take a break. Let's go assess again. Wait a minute. We could do some more boxes. We ended up actually did 88 boxes, but only 84 got distributed because some others had to pick them up later. Do you know he started multiplying the stuff as we were going? It was, y'all, it was God, I'm telling you, he was multiplying. And folks were going, and we had those 84 boxes loaded within about an hour and a half we had them loaded. Now, Mike and Don had gone with us up there. They'd gone with us up there, and we had unloaded the trailer, and it was hot that day. I mean, it was passing out. Praise God for Don Menor just being positive and praying because I was hot and sweating, and I wasn't for no encouragement right now. We just drove t- 11 hours, and, but he kept praying. And we kept, you know, we, we were just doing things. You know, he just kept encouraging us, and we ended up offloading all of this food, and, and it, was, it was a God thing. It was a God thing. You wouldn't have thought that stuff that you saw in that picture would have filled 84 boxes. 88 boxes but it did this is the most important thing the VBS teams conducted two VBS's in archery archery ministries with six children getting saved six children got saved at VBS y'all all all worth it you going and buy all worth it for those six you hear what I'm saying six children got saved And what was was ideal about it, the same day we were down at the IGA, the same day we were down at the IGA uh, witnessing and evangelizing and passing out Bibles and reading glasses, was the same day that them six children were back at the campus getting saved. Hey, nobody got saved at the IGA, but God was working up, up, up at another place, saving children Well, all we did, hey, seed planters. It wasn't for us to save them. It was for us to tell them. And God was telling them up there. Awesome. Go ahead to the next one. Whew. The result. The nursing home team delivered blankets, hats, and scarves. All you that crocheted and donated and bought. They w- not only did they go to the nursing home team, but they went to the food boxes too. And I'm going to explain more about that. To scores of residents at Whitesburg and in homes in, black, in the Blackie community. Look at this. Three seniors got saved from the nursing home ministry. Praise God. That's what you need to know. Y'all just, woo. The construction team completed several projects. They improved a historic site that served uh, the uh, community with Christ's love for 100 years. What happened? They put a drop ceiling in, in in some of the buildings. They were doing all kinds of work. Two of them got a little bit rambunctious, and they found some underground tunnels. That was freaky. Anyway. We ended up having to lock the doors because they went scurrying up into these underground tunnels. It used to be an old bowler, boi- boiler system up there, and they went up in there. And ugh. Anyway, the off-campus project team painted Lecter Elementary School. They went down to the local elementary school with a bunch of the youth, and they went and they painted hallways. They painted, and they painted, and they painted. They painted. They completed a ramp for a physically challenged resident and worked with the Howard River Baptist uh, in a mud-out project of an elderly woman's home. They have a problem with flash flooding in this area. And so what happened, this woman's home was flooded. But y'all, at the end of the day, guess what? It was her home. She didn't want to move. So guess what? They went in. It was I mean, these folks were in hazmat suits and everything, and they went and they had to rip out sheetrock, everything, and getting all this mud out of her house. We developed relationships with four local churches and pastors. One we developed a relationship with is Jeremiah Baptist. I preached there the first Sunday I was up there. And I want to tell you something about the churches up there. Community is small. But you know the churches fill up on Sunday. They fill up on Sunday. The church where we preached, Maggie, where we preached, it was pretty full, wasn't it? And, 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 and Katie and, and uh, Paris went up and they sang. I'll fly away. And it was so beautiful. Cause as it kicked and Karis. <laughs> Katie and Paris. As Katie and Paris were singing, as they were doing, you know, and, and you could just, you know, and they were, Katie was up there strumming away on her ukulele and Paris was singing and and the, you could just hear the choir join in. I mean not the choir, but the congregation started joining in. And 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 it was amazing how they just they just loved on you. They just loved you. It was great. Not that we don't hear. 300 feet of barbed wire fence were installed on the campus, that back behind the gym. It was 300, wasn't it, when they went around the back? And they did it on the hottest day. It was the last day before. And I ain't going to lie, they came looking for me. I said, the eyes, I'm not called to do that. That wasn't my calling. (laughs) (laughs) But they built, they laid 300 feet of fence, barbed wire fence on the campus. Then, a surprise when we got there, there was an exercise company uh, company that shut down, a gym that shut down. They had an entire gym worth of equipment, weights, I mean, all the little things you do to, you know, to make yourself feel good. All that stuff, they had it there, and they gave it all to the campus, and they had to drive it about 30 miles from Whitesburg or whatever. They had to drive it, deliver it. There. You're talking about unloading. The thick mats that you put on the floor to you know, work on and all that. We, and we unloaded all that. So he's setting up a gym up there, y'all, so the community can come, community can come there as well and minister, be ministered to. Now I want to talk to you about the reality. Billy and the team. When we were delivering the food boxes, Miss Alberta, the lady in the orange, she said, um, "We got to go give Billy a food box." I said, "Okay, we're gonna give Billy a food box." And then on the way there, she started telling us about Billy, and this changed this changed your pastor more than anything. Because as we were going to, to deliver to Billy, she said, He lives in the holler. And they have hollers, and don't be making fun because we got hollers here. She said, He lives at the head of the holler. Now, those of you that are really country know what a head of a holler is, right? He lives at the head of the holler. So we went, we drove about probably about 20, 30 minutes to Billy's. And we're going through these communities, and we're going through a town called Neon Fleming. And um, as we're going through, we start getting on these back roads and we're going down this holler. And it was one of those roads where it's about as wide as that aisle. So if you meet another car, somebody's got to back up. And the tree limbs are bumping the van as we go. And Miss Alberta is telling us about Billy. She says, I'm here to tell you, Billy's blind and Billy's deaf. Billy's blind and Billy's deaf. but Billy's living by himself. He's in a travel trailer, about a 23, 24-foot travel trailer, old travel trailer roof is leaking, pouring down now Rick, the guy that was driving the van, he said, "We put a roof on his house so because he was sitting there and the rain was just pouring in on him. And so they put a on this travel trailer they put a roof on it. And keep in mind, his travel trailer's here. Here's the mountain. And then here's the road. So you literally get out of the van and you're at his front door. And he's, she said, but Billy has a hearing aid so he can hear you a little bit. His hearing aid's there to help him. So we pull up. And I stay in the van with the youth. And I tell two of the other people, I said, you guys get out. We don't want to you know just overwhelming you guys get out give him his food box so they get out with miss alberta and they billy's got a little doorbell on his travel trailer so she rings the doorbell and billy comes and this is where i want you to stop pitying billy billy comes hey everybody how are y'all doing billy's blind and billy's deaf billy lives in a 24-foot travel trailer that's leaking Hey! And we hear this in the van, and it's amazing when he opens up the door, the youth just all lean over and look. you know. It, it's a knee-jerk reaction, and I didn't say anything, and two of our team members are there, and we're talking, and Miss Alberta's talking to him, finding out how he's doing, and we said, well, Billy, we brought you something, and now I want to explain the food box that you donated to. The food box, it had Last year, the food box had how many items in it, Miss Patsy? About six items in this food box. This year, God said, no, you're representing me. We're going to do it better. So all that you gave, peanut butter, jelly, crackers, cereal, canned goods, um, flour, potatoes, all of this stuff. I mean, this box was packed, and each box probably weighed about 40 pounds. Macaroni and cheese, tuna, all of this stuff, Spam, Beef stew, spaghetti uh, sauce, pa- pasta, all of this was in this box. Months' worth of staples. That's a month. That one box carried a month's worth of food for Billy. And Billy, once we got the box open, Billy lives by himself. Okay, keep this in mind. Blind. I mean, completely blind. Not, you know, that he could, he's completely blind, partially deaf he's he's got enough hearing where the hearing aid helps him but if he without the hearing aid he couldn't hear so miss and miss judy had the box and they set it on the steps miss alberta told him what they had to do so as we watched from the van they opened up the box billy standing in his door They pull an item out. Place it in Billy's hand. This is pasta. Billy takes it. Goes back into his house. Counts his steps. Puts it down. Turns around. Comes back to the door. They hand him the next item. They had to do this with every item in the box. Billy not only had to remember where he put it so he knew what he, because Billy cooks for himself. Blind and deaf, Billy cooks for himself. And he had to walk. And it took about 30 minutes to empty that box. And he would play, and he had to remember what he had, where he placed it. When Billy, when we got done, The van was quiet. I was quiet. Alberta and the team were talking a little bit. Billy wants to live on his own because he knows he's still capable of doing something. If a man that's blind and deaf can remember where he set a can of tuna down so he'll know to eat the right thing, Y'all, we ain't got no issues. You hear me? So as we were leaving, Rick shows me a little building next to Billy's trailer. He said, you know what that is? I said, yeah, it looks like y'all built something. You added something to it. He said, no, we didn't add. Blind and deaf Billy built an attachment onto his own. Blind and deaf. He asked them, he said, Rick said, Will you want us to help? He said, no, just leave the material. I'll take care of it. It wasn't straight. It wasn't pretty. But it was attached. And he did it on his own. He did it on his own. Get it. So Billy impacted us. While we were on our way to see Billy, we stopped to see another gentleman to drop off a food box. We pull up. He's in such a tight place that the van had to back up three times to get down his road. And we pull up, and there's this about a 65-foot 60, mobile home leaning at about an angle like this. We're looking. Windows not on it. Door's not on it. You pull up. We didn't go to the mobile home. See, the mobile home that's leaning on like this was holding up the building that the gentleman was living in. We pull up to the front of his building. Y'all familiar with those walk-in freezers in restaurants? You know, the big stainless door? That was the front part of his house. He had a freezer door that he walked in. He wasn't at home. Somebody had to come get him. He's on oxygen. His 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 home, his shed that he lived in. Imagine from about right here to about right here. That's where he lived in. And had, it was the front part was a freezer. The rest was just kind of make sure I and mean it was leaning up against this mobile home. And we sa- they said, well, he's not there because he's got a lock on the outside. He can't lock his door from the inside, but he has to lock it from the outside when he leaves. This young man, is, this man is on oxygen. He's on oxygen. It's required. And in this little shed that he's living in, in this little shed that he's living in, he's got electricity running to it. He's got to because he's on oxygen guess how much his utility bill is every month over 400 dollars a month he only takes in 220 so every day these people that I'm working with they have to get his money for his utilities cuz he's got to have oxygen and this is in a shed no bigger than our choir loft <coughs> this is the reality IGA, you saw the IGA that we were at, beautiful building. And it's funny, as we were getting ready to go, we told everybody we're going to Blackie, Kentucky, and even my children were giving us a hard time. Y'all going up there where all the black folks at? (laughs) And we knew there wasn't. And um, we get up there, and you know, miss mandy and they were telling us about miss gwen how nice they are and everything and you know i'm not thinking i don't care i'm going because we're supposed to go i don't care who's black or white it doesn't matter so we get to the iga and w- on wednesday and we set up and um as we set up i go in to talk to miss gwen well miss gwen's a black lady matter of fact miss gwen's the only black resident in the community her and her husband arthur and you walk in the store, and it's, I'm telling you, you know, I, the place, the area is sh- it's struggling, it's destitute, we're going to talk about wasting a minute, it's bad, but let me tell you something, they respect, th- this store is so clean, I mean, I was like, wow, this, you know, you don't, you see, you come in with these preconceived ideas, and God says, nah, uh you got to understand something, so we walk into the IJ, and I talk to Miss Gwen, and she's talking to me, and we're just having a conversation. She said, You know, I often get interviewed by the local media. She said, They'll come and they'll say, Well, how do you feel being the only African Americans in this community? And she said, Nobody ever says anything until you show up. <laughs> You're the only one that brings it up. She's been living in this community since 1973, serving this community. Got married in the church that I preached in 1982. And she said, Brother David, she said, we have an opportunity to own 10 or 12 of these grocery stores. We have enough money and enough resources where we could own 10 or 12 of these grocery stores. Listen to this. But God told us we could only have one and it needed to be right here to serve this community. Woo. Hey, hey, did you hear that? They could have a chain of grocery stores. Go live wherever they want. Do whatever they want. But God said you get one and it's going to be right here. And She said we serve this community and they serve us. (laughs) While we were out there and it was hot, we look up and one of their uh, team members came out. He had a bowl, a nice little plastic container full of watermelon cut up. He said, here, we thought you might need this, it's hot, and gave us fresh, cut-up watermelon. It was good, too. The housing. I've already explained to you two homes. Well, in this area, in this region, not necessarily in Blackie, they have government housing. And Billy don't want to live there. Nobody else wants to live there. Want to know why? Why? Because they, they want to do it on their own. You're not going to go up there and see a bunch of people laying around not wanting to work. This yes, There's a heavy drug problem. But circumstances beyond their control got them here, and these are their homes. So housing is not perfect. The conditions. When we were out knocking on doors for VBS at Jeremiah Baptist, you count on garbage being picked up every Monday. They may not, they don't have garbage pickup. They have these bins that they, and they try, the people, they try to keep it cleaned up. Some people don't. Sometimes you walk in and there's just stuff everywhere. We were driving out and Bonnie saw, she looked down into the creek. By the way, next time you go, don't go to the creek. Because there was a house next to it. And the garbage was next to the creek and then there was waste going down into the creek. See, this is their condition. We're used to our toilets that flush. We're used to our septic tanks that work. We're used to having these things. But this is the reality of where they are. Next, I'm about done. God's about done. So you hear all this, and you wonder, what's next? Well, let's talk about the future. Paul, Maggie, and myself sat down and met we discussed with Paul, the director up there, with creating one whole lower level. And I want you thinking about this, all of you, because y- you didn't go this time or maybe you couldn't or you helped or, you you know, whatever. You Maybe you want to. Medical. We're going to start working on a plan, and I'm going to help him. Maggie's going to help him to make the lower level of their main building a medical field, a medical where they can come in and get dental care, basic doctor care, and I think it was I, I care. There's right now sewing. He's got an entire room. All you ladies that sew, there's a perfect mission up there for you right now. There's tons of material up there that needs to be sewn together for quilts to give to the people when they're cold. You have an opportunity to go, and all you gotta do is go and sit there and sew your life away. And then probably teach someone else to sew so that they can, because they'll want to learn. Construction. Jack Washington, Connie Washington, myself, and Bonnie are going up on the 20th of July. Taking Jack, because I want him to get a view of what's going on up there. And then also so he can help Brother Paul with some construction needs. We're going to just go that three days so we can assess what's going on. So we're going up there on the 20th. We leave two weeks from this past Friday. We, we go. So I won't be here that Sunday. Actually, Brother Jimmy is going to be preaching that Sunday. And then the local needs. I wasn't able to get the video going on it either. They have a drug problem. But the man I was on outreach with went that Wednesday, he gave me a disc while we were out there. We went by to see a lady and her son's on drugs. Her son's on drugs and in jail. We went to have prayer with her, and he's, But before we went, he said, "David, I want you to take this home, and I want you to pray over it. I want you to watch it. On this disc, there is a device that they've created in this little area that helps non-narcotically, no narcotics at all, helps them get off drugs. It resets their mind." It resets their taste buds, their sense of hearing, smelling, all of this stuff, so they can realize what they're doing and start recognizing what's going. It resets all of this stuff in their mind. It's not narcotic, and they've proven that it works. Well, why aren't they using it? Well, it's held up through red tape, and no one wants to approve it. I'm not going to mention any thing like that, but it's proven to work. Even the agency that has to approve it knows it works, but they will not approve it. And this can free people off drugs. And they developed it right there in that area. Keep that in mind. So the need is great to help them with that. So what's the role of Sulphur Springs in the future? My life's changed. I was telling little Mike and Kent and Big Mike, how I've been changed! Because I went up planning on, we're gonna go and we're gonna do, yeah, 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 yay! Hey, look at us do good things, yay! Yeah, wow! And then reality sets in. God did more to me than I ever do to those do for those folks up there. He humbled me. He changed me. He changed her. He changed you. He changed you, didn't he? Jasmine, he changed you. Me and Jasmine became good friends on the way home. She rode an RV. We played all the way home until she got sleepy. (laughs) But he changed me. And y'all, I've always been mission-minded, and I'll continue to be mission-minded. And this church needs to be mission-minded. And y'all doing a good job. I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to thank you. Everyone who prayed and wrote a check and gave and whatever you did, I'm here to thank you. And I praise God. I got a group of people sitting before me that are ready to serve. But y'all, we haven't even scratched the surface. So the other reason Jack and myself are going and Connie and Bonnie because we want to take what we have going on up there right now, and we want to clone it, and we want to plug it in right here. You hear what I'm saying? It's great that we can go to Kentucky. And we're not going to forsake Kentucky. But we got hollers and drug addicts and people living in freezer boxes and everything else right here. You hear me? You hear me? And so if, if that annual mission work, And I'm telling you, we're changing it. They're not trips. A trip is something you go on vacation on. This is mission work. We're still trying to catch up on our sleep. It ain't easy, but it ain't a trip. It's a life. And we're going to take that. Jack is starting a church over in Raglan, Alabama. And they got the same drug problems. They got their billies. They got their grocery stores. They got all of that. We're going to take it. In one week, we start our missions right here on this campus. You hear what I'm saying? We're going to have a flood of children coming in here. And whether it's 20 that we're at Blackie that come in here, I don't care if it's two. Doesn't matter. We're going to put forth an effort to, to evangelize. See, it's not stopping. So Sulphur Springs, expect a plan. First thing, that 45, 50 feet of room we got over here that we stored all our stuff in, that's officially the mission room. Bonnie and myself received some donations Friday. I'm not going to say who donated, of clothing from one house, and it's all stacked up in there right now. And I sent Brother Paul a message. I said, can you use this stuff? He said, yes, we're going to put it in the Explorer and take it up there on the 20th. Clothing, coats, pants, shoes, they're going. They're going. This is going to be a jumping off point for God's work. This, and y'all, next year i'll be there this coming november guess where i'm gonna be i'm gonna be in atlanta helping them pack shoe boxes helping them ship them off i'm gonna tell you why i'm not just talking about me but if i don't lead it as the pastor how do you know how to follow you hear me so it ain't about me but i gotta start i gotta be willing to turn the key on in the vehicle and go I got to be willing. And you know what? I told Brother Kent and Brother Mike this morning. Remember that sermon I preached on time a few weeks ago? Boy, did I realize how much that sermon was for me. Because my vacation time is not mine. This time to preach, it is not mine, it's God's. Y'all have been changed. I wasn't lost. But I know. I know. I know. Yes. Don, we're gonna need the trailer, buddy. And <laughs> we'll probably need the expedition because the explorer doesn't have a hitch on it. If we gotta take it, we gotta take it. I'm not gonna. Hey, listen. Praise God. Let it go. Y'all, I'm not throwing it. <laughs> I've got about 33 of these. Y'all seen them all different kinds. This is the second time since I've been back from Kentucky I've want to watch. It's not that important. It's not that important. Am I going to hell because I collect watches? No. But God put it in perspective. He put it in perspective. Two days after we got back, we loaded up a family in the RV. Ms. Patsy, what do you call the RV now? What is it? Sulphur Springs Community. What do you call it? Something. Community bus, she labeled it, she took RV and renamed it because it's not ours. And we took a family down to Columbus, Georgia to go and do God's work. Reminds you of Acts chapter 4. Nothing was mine. Nothing belonged to Ananias. Nothing belonged to Sapphira. So listen. We're going to rip the music ministry sign off that door back there. We're going to put out that mission ministry. We're going to start packing that room. We got to have a church vote. We'll vote on it Monday. But you're going to start packing that room, getting it ready for what we're going to do, not only in Kentucky, but what's going to happen right here. We got Jennifer Monday every Friday feeding I don't know how many families. time for us to get off our laurels. A hundred percent, get this, a hundred percent of the children in Blackie, Kentucky, get free lunch. They don't even have enough to pay for a lunch. (sighs) Question. (laughs) he got your attention didn't he see how it starts y'all i'm not trying to be some kind of drama it ain't even about that y'all have to understand and y'all know me long enough now when god changes me and i'll admit hey i'm not saying we've been going down the wrong path but he's turned up the intensity So guess what's next for you? The intensity. Not everybody can go. Not everybody can go. And those of you that couldn't go, guess what you did? You prayed and you gave. Praise God. And those of you that could go, man, you went. And we had a situation, didn't we, before? And we literally had a come to Jesus meeting up there, did we not? The first few days up there, we were all just kind of out of order. We were working in cliques, not working together. Not even, you know, not even working in separate teams in this church and that church. Woo, but Miss Patsy, didn't the Spirit of God get on us? The Spirit of God called everybody into one room. and He closed the door just like he shut Noah up in there, and he went loose with a switch. And he got hold of every, he, as, a, as Bonnie's grandmama used to say, he striped everybody's legs. We walked out of there crying, we walked out of there convicted, but more importantly, we walked out of there with a mind for Christ, and then you know what happened? The next day, that's when the salvation started. He got us on track. He's going to get us on track. His work is not going to be burdensome. Hey, the gospel's going to be preached. We're going to preach it, at not only in Kentucky, but over here in Ragland, over here Whatever community you got going on over here, we're going to be out. That kitchen that's sitting in there right now, hey, it's going to be more than just warming up cupcakes and cookies for the teas. Let me tell you what it's going to do. It's going to start making hot meals and sending it out the door. That's what it's going to do. And this ain't something that's just going to last a little while. Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, has put a fire under me. And if you ain't ready, I'm telling you right now, fire's going to burn so hot, people are going to show up and say, what in the world is burning over here? It's going to be Christy Montgomery. She's on fire, walking out of here. Poof, just spontaneous combustion going on. Sam Grace, poof, she's just going to walk out and blow up. Boom, there we go. That's what's going to happen. Walk around little torches, walking around, a bunch of little Richard Pryor's running around in here. Some of y'all ain't old enough to remember that. (laughs) So any other questions or comments? Right. And
1: right that's
0: right. And that's right. And, and maybe he slowed Jennifer down to pick up one of us to go. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So get ready. Y'all, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, we're going on the 20th. I'm not going to sit here and say, don't bring us nothing. We ain't got no more room. God always got room. When he was loading the ark up, he didn't stop the snails and say, ain't no more room. Got them all in. He got them all in. So if we got if we got to rent a U-Haul. We're going. I'll strap Jack and Connie to the top of it. They'll be all (laughs) right. So what I'm going to ask you for today. is, I'm going to ask that we pray. I'm going to ask. Brother Don, I'm putting you on the spot. But I need you to lead us in prayer. And I want us all to understand. I want us all to understand. I want you to think about what you heard today. And the next time your problems creep up, the next time you want to get into yourself, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to get something out of the cabinet. And I want you to put it somewhere with your eyes closed and try to remember what you did with it. Try to remember what it is, okay? I love y'all, but y'all are spiritually strong enough and aware of where we should be. Our dramas and issues of the past need to be that our future needs to be the kingdom of Christ. Brother Don, will you please come forward? I'm not going to make anyone get an altar. I'm going to ask if you want to, you can. And then when we get done praying, we're done. We have a leadership meeting, and we have a VBS meeting today at 3. When we get done, we're done. So if you want, you can come. If not, it's up to you.
1: Two churches and a clinic, and we get to love them also. Thank you, Guatemala. I've got a pastor just in my little community that was given a shoebox, and it means so much. got people at the altar right now that are pleading that they would be of your service. You know, I fun with people and I say, we get to do God today if we so choose. May we choose to get to do God today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: Thank you all.